0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Sticky Note Marketing. I'm your host, Mary Zarnecki. This is your resource to figure out what is working to grow your business and your brand now. And today I am super excited to bring another special guest. I've got Andrew Ryder with me here today, and he has some amazing tips for those of you who may be challenged by or struggling with how to create content that your audience actually wants to read and that will generate sales and profits for your company. So thank you, Andrew, so much for joining us today.
1: Yeah, thanks, Mary, for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: So if anyone hasn't met Andrew already, he is a content marketing strategist and copywriter, and he's been helping coaches and course creators to grow and a keep, which is very important, an engaged audience, create content faster, and never run out of ideas. So tell, tell us more, Andrew, about how did you end up as a copywriter and, and working on content strategy?
1: I, I started out and I really made every mistake that you could possibly make in business. I think a, a lot of us sort of go down the entrepreneurial rabbit hole. And I, I got to this point where business and entrepreneurship really ruined my life. It's kind of a extreme thing to say, but I barely recognized the person I was in the mirror because I was chasing so hard after all of these things that other people told me that I should want things that I should do the sort of success trap that a lot of people fall into with business. And I, I really felt like I had things to share. I had things to say and had a a gift that, you know, I wanted to share with people, but I was so bogged down in all of these tactics and tricks and and buying more coaching and downloading more lead magnets and just learning, 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 but never actually doing anything. And it it wasn't until I took a step back, took some time off. I was working, helping my wife on her business and I was doing nothing uh, for my own businesses or my own ideas or my own anything really, which was, you know, that's someone who's driven and and wants to accomplish and achieve things that was difficult for me to do. But when I was spending time working with my wife's business and helping her to create content and and to really find that message that she could share confidently, authentically with her audience, you know, and, and grow and keep an audience, that's where I really found this gift and this passion that I have for communicating and telling stories and um, inspiring your audience to, uh, to do better, to do more, and to, to get results.
0: I think that's fantastic. And yeah, I, I bet a lot of people listening, myself included, um, have maybe a few lead magnets collecting dust on our hard drives, right? So, <laughs> so but there's that temptation, right? There's so much content out there. There is so much good content, but there's a lot of content that can pull us in a lot of different directions. So tell us, I know that one of the things that you're great at doing is working with your clients and helping them find how to create content that people actually want to read. So how do you do that? How do you take that first step with your clients?
1: Yeah. you know, I, I like to start here because it's a really important reminder that with all these tactics and all of these headline tips and tricks and things that you can do. There's so many things you could do. Like you said, you know, there's so much content out there. There's so many ideas. A lot of it is good, but we need to just stick with one thing and really learn it and master it. And then you can move on to the next thing. And, and so I like to say, you create content that your audience enjoys reading because that's really, when you just boil it all down to what you're trying to do, That's the thing that makes it so much easier. It's one thing to have a really high converting headline or to use, you know, celebrity social proof or use all the right buzzwords, right? But when I look at content, I'm looking at content that's from people who I trust. It's it's more so the from line than it is the subject line that captures my attention. When I open up my inbox every day, You know, I get emails from various marketers or I'm on, on social media looking at, at whatever's popping into my feed. I'm looking at who it's from, not necessarily what the subject line is or what the, the headline is. Oftentimes, I'll, I'll see an email from somebody who I like to read and I'll open the email, start reading, and then I'll realize I never even looked at the subject line. And I'll think, oh, you know, I, I need to, I'm, I'm on this person's list because I want to become a better marketer, better copywriter. I need to go back, look at the subject, figure out how they've pulled that out of the, the topic that they're discussing, you know, so I can write better headlines too, because headlines are obviously important and, and it's not to say that they aren't important, but it's to say that that relationship that you build with your audience and the way that you entertain them and the, the quality of insight, the quality of content that you bring to them day after day after day, you know, being reliable, someone that they can count on, that all is going to pull a lot more weight than just a one-time sort of gimmick headline that you can use or just continuing to go through your headline swipe file one line at a time to try to boost that response.
0: I think that's a great point. Yeah. I mean, so many times I've gotten stuck in, oh gosh, what's the headline? I want to send an email campaign and I get stuck there. And I know there's a bunch of tools out there where you can test things, but it's a great reminder that it's the from line, right? So this is something I'm building over time, right? If this one subject line isn't hundred percent perfect, it's not the one and done. It's not last call. It's supposed to be something that's entertaining and that we're not hitting them over the head with just hardcore information all the time, right? So, how do you balance kind of informational versus entertainment versus the ask kind of information?
1: Yeah, yeah, I uh, I sort of incorporate all of them into everything that I do. There's there's this quote I really love from from Derek Sivers, and it's just been really in the front of my mind lately. Derek Sivers is an entrepreneur. He started a a music uh, company. I'm not sure exactly what they did. Maybe they sold CDs or something like that, but he ended up selling it for, for a lot of money. And he wrote a book about it called anything you want. And it, it's such a great book about staying true to what you believe in what you value and what's good for your customers, rather than doing what someone else thinks you should do or, or someone else's definition of success. And, and so Derek Sivers says that if information was the key we'd all be billionaires with perfect apps. And I just love that because it's, it's funny enough to, to make it okay that he's kind of slapping me in the face with that advice, because it's so true that the information is out there. And, And we've already said this a couple of times, right? There's so much content out there and a lot of it is really good, but there's so much of it. It's impossible to stay on top of it, no matter how hard you try to, listen to all the podcasts and, and to stay on top of your f- feeds. There's just constantly new stuff coming out, but it's important to remember that you probably already know what to do, at least at a, at a baseline level. You know, you can always learn more. You can always improve. You know, you can always learn to write better headlines, better tell better stories, whatever it is. If you're, if you're trying to create content, but you know what to do. You know what you need to do. What you really need is the inspiration and and the dedication, the consistency to be going out and doing it every single day. If we were robots, it wouldn't be a problem to just, oh, time to write a piece of content and I've got an idea and just crank it out and you're done. right? But there's so much emotion Mm -hmm. that goes into it. And that's part of what makes it good. That's part of what makes it you and not someone else is all the emotion that goes into it. So it's a double-edged sword in that sense that the same things that are holding you back, the the self-doubt, the the, the hard times, the, the contrast with the good times and with all the passion and energy that you bring, all of that's what makes you human. It's what makes you unique. And that's what that energy is what you pour then into your content to inspire your audience. And and that's really the word that I come back to is inspiration. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I think it can be overused a lot in that some entrepreneurs focus too much on, you know, we're just going to get everybody excited and riled up. And then you can go buy my $2,000 course, right? Right. There's, you you know, um, but that inspiration is valuable. It is it is important because without that inspiration, you're sort of just going to be floating around from one thing to the next, but never really directing your energy into one thing and, and seeing real progress on that thing. So the way, the way that I like to break this down is because um, you're also talking about uh, like a call to action or something at the end of your content is I like to tell stories that will have a moral of the story. You know, a lot of storytelling experts will say, you know, you just need to have like these amazing stories. You got to go uh, live on the beach in in uh, Thailand or something and have <laughs> this Instagrammable life. You if only we drive. could all do that, right? Exactly. Right. But most, you know, most entrepreneurs are sitting in their office, like we were talking about before we started recording, it's dark, it's dreary, <laughs> it's rainy, and we're just working, right? Yeah. That's, that's what we do. And we love it. But it's not the flashy type of stories that you see a lot of the gurus posting and a lot of the things that are getting attention. Mm -hmm. But the moral of the story is really what, what matters. That's where the inspiration comes from. And that's where the lesson comes from too. So you're, you're able to combine that inspiration and the, the teaching aspect. And so moral of the story, you know, I, I like to think about this movie from Ryan Reynolds called free guy.
0: Oh yeah. We love
1: uh, that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a great movie. And because, you know, it's really, it's about this video game character who he uh, he's a non-player character, which means he's basically just exists so that he can be robbed or that people can punch him in the face or, you know, he's not a real person. He's just there to enhance the player experience in this game. And what he learns, you know, over the course of the game, he, Grows and he learns that he has the ability to actually become a player. He can think for himself. He can do all of these things, and he goes on this journey. He becomes, he he levels up and becomes that that person that he's always wanted to be. And there's a moral, there's a lesson in that because, you know, a lot of us feel like we're trapped in this daily grind where we're we're stuck. There's something that's holding us back that's preventing us from getting to that potential that we know that we have. And that, that lesson really resonates with people. Whereas something from, you know, another Ryan Reynolds movie, like six underground is just the flashy cars and it's the (laughs) chase scenes. And it's, it's, it's an okay movie, but it doesn't have that profound realization that you get when you're watching free guy. So by, by tying that, that moral of the story into something that, you know, it allows you to tell a story about video games, but then tie it back to a real life concrete lesson that someone can use to improve, improve their life or their business or their health or whatever it is that you're, you're trying to help them accomplish.
0: I love that. Yeah. I mean, but it's so true. I mean, we have this information as experts in whatever it is we do, and we're trying to give that information to our audience, but without that inspiration without that kind of moral of the story to get them excited about why do you even want to get to this you know the after picture right why, why do you want to get to the goal that you're headed to and reminds them of that they're not going to even want the information right so it's kind of like you were saying the moral of the story is what gets them excited about it that reminds them that oh there is a better thing out there right there is this transformation that you can go through. So I think that's yeah. a great
1: example. Yeah, that's right. And it's also what gets me excited about telling these stories. You know, it gets me pumped up when I'm sitting there watching watching the TV show or the movie or whatever, and I see a moral that I can then tie back to my business. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, this is so awesome. And I've taken down a note on the side while we're watching TV because, you know, that's what gets me excited and fired up to sit down every morning and to write something.
0: Well, I know you're a movie buff like me, so a movie fan like me. <laughs> so I know you also have a Ron Burgundy branding secret. Would you I, mind sharing I that do. with yeah. the, with the crew here?
1: <laughs> I haven't watched Anchorman in such a long time, but it's you know it's just such an iconic movie. And this character Ron Burgundy is you know he's played by Will Ferrell, and he's so eccentric, he's so unique, and all of these things. He has all these one-liners in the film that that people love to quote, like, you know, I, I have many leather bound books. My apartment smells of rich mahogany, right. <laughs> Th- things like that, that are just strange to say, but he has such a unique personal brand. And when you look at, at his personal brand from, you know, when you look at the movie from a personal branding perspective, his, his ability to go in and, and to tell the news, you know, everyone wants to hear the news from him and, At the end of every uh, at the end of every cast, every newscast, he says, you know, you stay classy, San Diego. And that's his thing. Right. And it would be so odd to hear some other newscaster close out their broadcast by saying, you stay classy, San Diego. Right. Everyone would immediately notice that that was they were just ripping off Ron Burgundy. And that's a that's a lesson. That's a reminder that I like to take into personal branding and in business in general, because there's so many, so many people are just taking lessons that they've learned from someone else. And that person probably learned them from another person and they just keep getting recycled and passed around. And, and I mean, a lot of times it's hard to know where they come from. A lot of these marketing type things come from a lot of old school, direct response, copywriters or marketers, Mm -hmm. you know, from the old days, but a lot of people don't even know that these people exist they just know it second third or fourth hand from from people they've listened to but it's just a reminder to me that to stay authentic to who i am and to share the messages that that i believe in i i, I saw this it's been a while now since I saw this, but um, you might have heard of Sam Ovens. He's a he's a pretty well known. Um, he helps coaches and course creators and experts, you know, create course businesses. And mm-hmm. he has this video where he used to live in this high rise in New York City, and he's wearing this like blue suit, like something you would see Ron Burgundy wear. <laughs> and that, that that's why it made me think of this. And he's talking about how he started his business. And so, a couple, uh, maybe a couple months or a couple weeks after I saw that video, I saw a video from another sort of consulting expert. And he was wearing a blue suit. And he was in a New York City high rise. And he was saying, Listen, let me tell you, uh, I've been in consulting for 45 years. And I know how to create a consulting business. And let me tell you, this is actually how you want to do it. And I just thought to myself, you know, you're just missing the point. The point isn't the flashy suit. The point isn't the New York City high rise. It's not all of these sort of These things that go into the video, you know, that may help people click on it or get a little bit of surface level engagement, but you're missing the point. If you think that what makes Ron Burgundy successful is his slogan, then you're missing the point. What -hmm. makes him successful is his uniqueness and in the relationship that he builds with his audience by getting out there and delivering a quality news broadcast every day. He's funny. He's entertaining. He gives them uh, you know, good information, all of the things that we're trying to do in our content. Mm-hmm. It's it's so easy to get caught up in, oh, you know, so-and-so does this, so I need to do that. But really what you want to do is you want to stay true to yourself and and share that message that, that you have on your heart to share.
0: No, I think that's a great reminder. I mean, I, we get a lot of uh, questions in this community about well, how do I stand apart? How do I differentiate? How do I really decide what my personal brand is and what how much of it needs to be really me? And you know obviously, it depends. If you have a brand that you're supporting that's not a personal brand, yeah, I mean, you could bring aspects of your personality into it. But for so many course creators and coaches and consultants, we are the brand. And so it's going to be really important to, you know, make sure that personality comes through. Like you said, I mean, Ron Burgundy has a very specific personality. It's memorable, it's unique, it stands apart. And I love that example you gave of, you know, two kind of coaches, consultants that, you know, were using a lot of the same backdrop. And unless it was really meaningful to them, right? Did you grow up in New York? Did you always live in a high rise? Or is this just like a badge value of, you know, some signaling of this being, you know, high end or, or, you know, I'm, I'm highly successful. It would be more impactful to me to actually see you in a space that was meaningful to you. Right. That was differentiated. So I think that's a really great example. Thanks Andrew, for sharing that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you know, yeah, you're absolutely right about everything you just said. And and it's not to say that you shouldn't wear fancy suits. It's to say that, you know, you should just, you should be yourself and not Don't try to be somebody else. (laughs) Being yourself is the best advantage that you have.
0: A hundred percent. Well, so one last thing I'd love to ask you is, you know, I know that one thing that I hear from folks in this community and this audience is that, yes, okay, I'll, I'll try to be myself, but getting back to creating that content and creating good content consistently, it can feel overwhelming. It can feel a little stressful, especially if we have, you know, a small team helping us or no team helping us. So what would you give as, you know, your best advice for folks that, you know, feel like creating this high quality content consistently is pretty overwhelming?
1: Yeah, I think there's really two things that, that will really help a lot here. And the first is having your ideas already thought of and sort Mm -hmm. of sitting in a note on your phone Or however you like to keep your information. I just have a note in my phone. And every time I think of something, I I, I write it down in that note so that when I sit down to write first thing in the morning, I just pull up that note and I've got multiple different ideas. You know, I start writing on something and if I'm not really feeling it or it just doesn't turn out the way that I thought it was going to turn out when I had the idea, I can just throw it away, pull up a new idea. And so that way I just, I kind of hit the ground running. And a lot of times I'll look at the notes in my phone and one of them will really jump out to me. It'll be, yeah, yes, I want to write about this. I've got the juices flowing already. This is the topic for today. And so I can just get in there and just start going with some momentum already already going. The um, So that's that's the first thing because I think a lot of people sit down and they think okay what am i going to write about today right. And and you, you look at okay well this week i've already posted these things so those are out and then you start scrolling through instagram trying to figure out what a good idea and then before you know it it's been like 90 minutes and you're way behind on everything then you start to get in the whole you know self sabotage mm-hmm. mindset and it just gets really hard from there so that would be the first thing i would recommend. And the second thing that I would recommend just as you're writing to separate the writing process from the editing process. A lot of people will you know, write one line and then they'll edit it, look for the right words, make sure the spelling is good. And then they'll write the next line and edit that. And then they'll edit the first two lines and and sort of going in this iterative process where they keep switching between writing and editing. But those are really two Different mind states, two different activities altogether. Uh, the the best advice that I can give you, and this will really help with with writer's block and just feeling stuck. It'll you know, actually make writing enjoyable. Um, if if you know those are things that you struggle with, is to just write. Do not do any editing. Don't do any judgment. Just tell the story from start to finish, and tie it into how it relates to your audience. You know, like we talked about with the moral of the story. And then once you're done, once you've finished writing, you can come back immediately afterwards or later in the day or whenever, but in a separate time block, you know, maybe you take five minute break, get some water, get some coffee, whatever you need to do, but then you come back and then you can edit it. Mm-hmm. The, the amount of editing that you do is really going to be dependent on, on where the, where the content is going to be published. You know, if it's, if it's something that you want to be more personable, more off the cuff, it's maybe just spelling grammar a little bit. But, you know, if it's like a long form blog post or something, you, you want it to be um, structured and, and edited more rigorously. So, but just by making that separation and just getting everything out of your mind onto the page is going to help so much because once it's on the page, it's really easy to start moving things around and get the grammar right, get the word use right, whatever those little tweaks and changes are.
0: I think that's brilliant. So if you're listening to this or watching this video I hope you wrote down both of those. So we heard number one, the big thing is going to be to make sure that you are collecting these ideas all the time, right? I love the idea that, Andrew, you gave, so just keep it on your phone, right? Note on the phone. When inspiration strikes, capture it. You don't have to write it then and there, right? Who knows where you are, if you're out somewhere. But at least then when you're going to sit down in front of the blinking cursor, (laughs) you're just trying to figure out, okay, now I have a treasure trove of ideas that I can go back and pull from. I love that idea. And then the idea of the two mindsets, right? The writing mindset and the editing mindset. That is definitely something that I probably need to practice more, right? So I definitely see myself, <laughs> I might write like a paragraph and then go back and edit it. But I love that idea of just get it out, like no judgment, just write, then break, then come back. And now you're the editor, right? So you're kind of switching hats a little bit. I like Yeah,
1: that. definitely.
0: Brilliant. Awesome. Well, thank you Andrew so much for sharing these ideas and this uh, best practice approach. It's always great to hear from uh, someone who's working on this all the time. I know for a lot of folks developing the content is just one thing they do. It's not the thing they do. And so thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us today.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome.
0: Any final uh, parting thoughts for our audience here today?
1: I mean, I, I think the biggest thing is, is really to be consistent. And if you're able to generate those ideas ahead of time, uh, sit down, get something inspire, uh, inspiring to talk about, like I was just saying, you know, that's, that's really going to help you be consistent. And mm-hmm. then just stringing that together day after day, week after week, month after month, that's where the results are going to come from. So, uh, it, you know, keep after it and, uh, and good luck. <laughs>
0: Fantastic. And for all of you who want to learn more from Andrew, he also shares a lot of great information over in his newsletter as well as on his website over at com. We'll put that in the show notes. Anywhere else that people can find you online, Andrew, that you want to direct them to?
1: Uh no, the uh, the website is the best place to to get in touch with me um through through email and and one thing that I'll add is that we didn't talk specifically uh just now about how to generate all those ideas. And you know, we said, "Oh, it's great if you have all these ideas, right?" We didn't talk about uh, strategies for for actually generating all those ideas. And um, I've got a free training. It's like five, uh, it's like a ten minute video uh, on my website. If you join my email newsletter, I'll send that video to you, and it'll it'll get you filled up with with plenty of ideas. So um, if you're interested in that, you can check it out at andrewbryder.com.
0: That's fantastic. Thank you for that gift. Okay, yeah. No, generating the ideas. I love that. All right. So we'll definitely make sure everyone who's listening has access to that. That will be in the show notes um, over and accessible over at Andrew B. Reiter. Terrific. Thank you so much, Andrew, for joining us today. Excited to have you here on the show. Thank you. Terrific. And tune in next time
1: for the next part of our guest expert series. See you all next time.